Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 13. Let's begin verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure buried in a field that a man found and reburied. Then in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. The kingdom of heaven <clears throat> is worth everything to us. Our very lives are worthy causes to sacrifice for the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Our every last penny on this earth, our most prized possessions, all magnified in their sum tenfold, are worth sacrificing in exchange for the kingdom of heaven. Missionary and martyr Jim Elliott said he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. This is an echo of these two parables, the parable of the treasure in the field and the, the parable of the priceless pearl. There are different iterations of the, th of the same principle, the same concept, how heaven is worth everything. God's kingdom and his sovereign will done, they're worth everything. It's the kingdom of heaven. Jesus gives us th this teaching of the kingdom of heaven several times without ever giving a, even, a, uh, even like a, a, a very narrow definition of what it is. We know that it's a kingdom because he's the one on the throne. See, Revelation. It's heaven because it's, his, it's a place where his will is done forevermore. Your heart is on the eternal horizon, Christian, not in this world. We've sown, our, we, we, we've sown seed here that will bear fruit for eternity forevermore as we share the gospel, as we give our lives to evangelism and global mission work. We've not sown seeds that will eventually pass away. We've not hidden our treasure where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But rather, as Christians, our treasure is in the kingdom of heaven where moth and rust do not destroy or thieves do not break in and steal. This means that worldly wealth cannot be Lord in our lives. See the rich young ruler who was unwilling to sacrifice what was Lord in his life, who also prided himself on his legalism. But in regard to these two parables, I want to talk about the fact that he was unwilling to surrender his wealth. That man, that rich young ruler who walked away sad, even though he was given the 13th invitation that, uh, that, was, uh, that, that was given, accepted by the 12 disciples, he rejected it and he went away sad. Jesus said it's, it's incredibly difficult for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's another reason why the soil is so hard here in Seattle, because we're so incredibly wealthy. This is one of the richest areas in the U.S. and some of the richest people on the planet live in our zip code. It's hard, man because your trust ends up in your worldly wealth, in your earthly possessions. You find your sense of security in your bank account, in your house, in its equity, in your financial future. And for that reason, you fall under the illusion that your soul is safe. You can even fall under the delusion that you get things in a way that those stupid Christians don't. Those who are Christians, and who are wealthy know what the Bible says. They've been given that wealth so they can be generous in this present age, not placing their trust in their wealth because it's so uncertain. Right, Bitcoin bros, <laughs> right? 
NFT investors, right? I mean, like, you get this. You've seen the fads come and go. Look, I did. I bought a house in, in 2008 for crying out loud. I know that the, the, the market is uncertain. Wealth is uncertain. You don't know what's happening. Even if you buy all of it in gold, somebody could break in and steal your safe, man. Like, you don't know. You don't know. Even if you, even if you don't touch any of that, just leave your bank account alone. It, because of inflation, it's decreasing in value while you sit here. I don't mean to alarm you. I mean to show you. Wealth is uncertain. And it's not a place to place your hope. In fact, all of your wealth, magnified 10 times over, is a very, very small price to pay in comparison to the value that we inherit as sons and daughters of the king. The kingdom of heaven is worth all of this. In the first of the two parables, a man finds a treasure buried in a field. And then, you can almost picture him looking around, he reburies it, and then he goes into town. He sells everything. Sells his house. Sells, his, sell, sells all of his possessions. His livestock, crops, fields, all of it. And you can imagine as he's doing this before the equivalent to like a county clerk or whatever, you know, through a, through a real estate transaction. <laughs> By the way, Jesse and Jesse dot com <laughs> jesse and jesse realty uh like if you need real estate help like he, he goes for a realtor and and the guy's like are you crazy you're selling all of it you don't have anywhere to move to all right what, what's your plan you're gonna buy that empty field and the man knows he knows this is not foolishness i'm gaining eternity all right i'm gaining the kingdom of heaven there's a treasure hidden in that field that these people these critics they don't see. So he's not a fool. He's richer than all of them. He sells everything he has. He goes and buys that field. And now he's entitled to what's within it. The other parable, the merchant, he's in search of fine pearls and he finds one, but it's for sale. And he knows that the value of this pearl exceeds the value of everything that he owns. And so it may look like a ripoff. Good grief, dude, you're selling your house, your land, your fields, your livestock. You're selling all of that just for this one little bead, this little marble that glows in rainbow colors. This is what you're doing. But he knows that the pearl is hardly, is, is, is way underpriced, <laughs> okay? Uh, he's gonna flip it. Like he knows, that, he knows that this pearl is worth far more than everything he has. He's not a fool. He knows that he has been blessed beyond measure. That's what it's like when you discover the gospel. Suddenly the pursuits of this world and all of our worldly wealth and our worldly accolades, even the reputations that we have among others and social acceptance, none of that means a thing compared to the kingdom of heaven, which lasts forever. Man. So whether God is calling you to make a drastic sacrifice for the kingdom of heaven, or he's calling you to place in proper perspective the things of this world, all right, if your trust has been has been placed too heavily on your retirement, your 401k, your Roth IRA, whatever the case may be, would you place it aright in the kingdom of heaven? That's where your treasure is. That's where your heart rests. Then no matter what happens to your bank account, you have peace and you know that you have far more than this world could ever possibly offer. Whether God's calling you to do something that is sacrificial, would you give to the Redemption Church as we, as we build the revival project? We have to buy property here. 
where it's pretty expensive. But man, what you're going to find there is the kingdom of heaven, all right? So it's worth it. Or if God is just calling you to just reorient your priorities because your finances, the things of this world, worldly acceptance, worldly possessions, worldly wealth, all of that stuff has, be, has, has overtaken the gospel in your heart, would you set your priorities correctly in light of these parables because it's not foolish of you regardless of what your social justice warrior friends say about you regardless of what your co-workers say about you you're not a fool you're not getting ripped off you are sacrificing the things of this world in exchange for the thing that matters forever you are sacrificing the things that are temporary for the thing that will never expire the kingdom of heaven